0: is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path
1: to real health. welcome everybody to the Real Health Podcast. I'm your host today, Leah Chischili, And today I am joined by Mike Shaw, who is the physician's assistant in our Wichita location. And this is part of our provider series where you get to know some of the providers at Reardon Clinic, because you're going to be hearing their voices quite a bit on this podcast. So welcome, Mike,
2: thank you. And good afternoon.
1: Yes, good afternoon to you. I'm so happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your history, how what brought you into becoming a physician's assistant in the first place?
2: I was in uh, the first class of respiratory therapy at WSU in uh, 1968 or 69, and after I graduated from that, I went to uh, a little hospital in El Dorado, Kansas, Susan B. Allen Memorial Hospital, and set up their departments for respiratory care and cardiac services, and They are the ones that put me through PA school. And um, when I completed PA school, I stayed uh, with Susan B. Allen for a while and then went to work for Galicia Medical Group Cardiology. And um, from there, I kind of developed an interest in more holistic preventive care and um, started working more towards health and aging management and longevity medicine, whatever kind of term you want to coin. And so it kind of brought me down this path.
1: Yeah, and so how long have you been with Reardon Clinic, and how did you end up here?
2: Well, I came out here for the grand opening 1975 because oh, wow. I was always really enthralled with what Reardon Clinic was all about, and it was so forward-thinking. And <clears throat> But I've been out here, started out part-time contract, and then went to part-time, and then a year ago uh, went full-time.
1: Yeah, well, we're so happy that you're here.
2: I am sure happy to be here also.
1: Oh, good. Now, I know that you um, really have a great interest in almost a specialization in anti-aging medicine or aging well, as you talked about. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and some of the therapies and some of the things that that includes?
2: Sure. Actually, I, I started a clinic called Age Reversal Technologies, and that was kind of the starting point of moving forward. But I've been interested in how do you maintain youthful functionality and freedom from disease and um, stay younger as long as possible? And got involved with an organization called the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine. Uh, the The year after they founded, that was in 1994, and I've been to every conference every year, and. Their, their conferences are totally focused on what do we do to re- rejuvenate and renew and restore more youthful function in the human body, hopefully avoiding onset of diseases and disability and intern, internment. So I also got involved with a uh, Dr. Joseph Rapiel and his group, PhysioAge in New York, and uh, they are the ones that kind of developed and launched this PhysioAge physio system. It's a advanced medical examination model that uh, allows you to evaluate different systems in terms of their physiological age versus the individual's chronological age. And uh, I, well, ever since I got involved with it, I have been just. Really infatuated with it, and thinks that it's such a good platform to use with people, to identify where their strengths and their weaknesses are. It's it's kind of like an advanced executive type profile, like you would go to Mayo uh, Mayo Clinic or Cleveland Clinic, or. <clears throat> but this looks for more than just pathology. It's it's actually looking at where people are at and what stage they're at and what can we do to slow or reverse processes to where we don't have to be hunting for the disease. So I, it, it's been a very big passion and interest of mine and I like being out here because we have a clientele that is well-suited for this kind of, advanced medical model, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And prevention is, in my mind, one of the most important things. But I think sometimes a lot of people, they they don't think about that and they don't seek support until symptoms start to appear. What kind of advice would you give to those people or how would you encourage people to seek preventative measures or to maybe look at their physio age? Versus their chronological age.
2: Well, yeah. In, in the earlier days, we worked on you know identifying health risk factors, uh, lifestyle choices, um, dietary preferences, as as a gauge to kind of let people know what track they were going down and where it would end. And um, you know now we can do it more sophisticated with these testing models, but I, I think that everybody starting in their 20s should have a baseline at least on a comprehensive lab evaluation that shows you that at your best before anything has occurred where your levels are at. So that you have something to compare to downstream when the time clock keeps ticking forward To see, well, how far have I drifted instead of just reactively waiting for something bad to happen and then rush around trying to deal with it.
1: I think that's great advice. So all of you 20 year olds listening, (laughs) go and get that baseline. This is something that I wish that I did A long time ago. (laughs) Um, And I was lucky enough to become a patient at Reardon Clinic a few years back when I wasn't feeling terrible, but I wasn't feeling great. And just having that baseline measurement and getting a full picture of what was going on inside was so helpful. And it kind of set me on a trajectory of, you know, seeking out ways to feel better and better and better and as a result, prevent disease. So I think that's great, great advice.
2: (coughs) Yeah, I, uh, you know, professing that an advanced preventive medicine model should always be based on establishes a baseline when you're at your best instead of waiting until something bad happens and then you're scrambling around because you really don't have any idea where you were mm-hmm. and what things looked like on that baseline what i call portrait so i i like the idea of Just because you feel great and you're healthy and you're only 22 or 24, that's the perfect time.
1: Yeah, I love that idea. Hopefully we can get more people on board uh, considering that at that age. So just curious, though, because I don't think a lot of 20-year-olds are that forward-thinking at this point. (laughs) But um, what do you have a particular demographic or age range that often come in for that type of thing?
2: No, it's it's never too late. And I, I have a lot of very proactive individuals that they end up showing up in their mid to late 30s mm-hmm. because they've kind of started to notice that, you know, I still feel good, but I'm not quite clicking and performing at the same level. It's starting to kind of come to the surface and be a little bit obvious. Mm-hmm. And they'll come in and, well, Let's, let's find out kind of what's going on. hmm <clears throat> And I always tell them, though, well, you the know, ideal would be that if you had come in at 22 or 25 and we'd done a baseline portrait, we could tell you exactly how much change and to what degree and in what areas it's happened so that we could really narrow in and focus on those key areas. You can still do it, even if you've not had a baseline done, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a little bit more general and not quite as specific, but it can still cover all of the bases and identify, here are the areas we need to focus on. There's a lot more to
0: this conversation, and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's episode of the Real Health Podcast is brought to you by the Reardon Clinic Nutrient Store. The Nutrient Store is your resource for the highest quality nutritional supplements. Every supplement in the store is hand-picked by the expert medical staff at Reardon Clinic, providing you with the best quality, purity, consistency, and effective dosing available. Visit store.reardonclinic.org to shop online.
1: Now, do you notice any trends with that? Um, Are there areas that are more prevalent than others that need more work in people, or is it kind of all over the board?
2: Well, there appears to be trends in males and females' hormone changes earlier instead of later in life which uh, can set you up to trip and fall. Mm -hmm. And I I just don't mean from a sexual perspective either. I mean, many of the hormones that make up men and women also are focused definitely on physical performance and restorative ability after overexertional activity. And so I see a lot of drift in younger men and women having lower levels of hormones, uh, one of them that people don't even know about is pregnenolone. Pregnenolone appears to become be becoming a very low hormone, and it's the first hormone in the whole cascade of mm-hmm. all of your uh, endocrine system hormones. It also plays a very big role in cognitive cognition and cognitive memory function. So.
1: That's interesting. Now, is there anything that you think is contributing to that specifically, or is it kind of a whole plethora of things?
2: I suspect that environmental changes, um, industrial pollution, changes in farming, mass farming, the use of of many more chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, and stuff that can take on a, a hormonal perspective on their own that can set people up to both men and women to have problems. And that's I don't not a new concept. It it was a concern ten years ago, but <clears throat> I don't know if we've cleaned up the environment that much over the last ten years. Maybe it's worse, but I think those kinds of things are an issue.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Now, are there things that people can do in general to kind of help that hormone balance naturally, or is it something that requires medical interventions?
2: Well, it kind of depends on where your numbers are. I mean, hormones is one of the things that I start looking at in men and women in their mid-30s. Because like in in women, a lot of times in their late 20s to late 30s, they'll go to their doctor and they'll complain about being kind of moody, irritable, depressive feeling, and they end up walking out of the doctor's office with a script for an antidepressant when many times it's that abrupt change in the level of progesterone, which is kind of the... The body's natural sleep mood enhancer, so um yeah, I like looking at looking at hormones in both men and women earlier and try to take care of it naturally rather than pulling out the script pad and writing for a synthetic yeah drug absolutely. product and.
1: Are there certain lifestyle habits that people can adopt to help keep things a little more in balance?
2: Well, I I think a a good clean healthy diet, you know, there's and moving away from unhealthy fats and too much of a carbohydrate load and focusing on a a more regimented regular pattern of physical activity. Um uh, And I I said physical activity, I think just movement. It doesn't have to be some big-time regimented workout regime by one of the stars, (laughs) Um, just being more active And, and having focus on trying to maintain a fairly decent body weight because Obviously, the weight gain issue in, in this country and around the world is rather significant. And the metabolic and dis, dysfunctional aspects of, of that weight gain is what sets a lot of people up for um, earlier onset medical issues than would they'd have to experience.
1: Very good. So, movement... A Good Diet, Maintaining a Healthy Weight. So as you know, the name of this podcast is The Real Health Podcast, and so I like to ask everyone who's a guest, what is your definition of real health?
2: My definition of real health, I, I think real health is is being able to be balanced, be in harmony, be active, have energy, have clarity of focus, and, and to be able to do things in a manner that allow you to maintain that long term.
1: And what are some of the things that you do to maintain your own real health?
2: Well, I really like I really like dietary intervention. I really like uh, I take a lot of supplements. I move a lot. I I used to to do long distance uh, running and biking but I kind of backed away from that more just longer duration movement up and out of a chair whether it's whether it's uh, putting in a garden in the backyard or taking all my animals for a walk but but moving don't sit and sitting in front not sitting in front of a tv or just being a lounge lounge lizard so to speak (laughs)
1: Very good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mike. and I know that everyone will be hearing a lot from you in coming episodes. So anything else you'd like to share? I don't think so. I Bye. think
2: uh, have a wonderful weekend and we'll get ready for a new week next week.
1: All right, sounds good. Thanks, yeah. Mike.
2: Okay, thank you. Thank you for letting me be here.
0: Thank you for listening to the Real Health podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.